This podcast is for informational purposes only and should not be considered legal advice. The transmission of information on this podcast is not intended to establish and receipt of such information does not establish or constitute an attorney-client relationship. The choice of a lawyer is an important decision and should not be based solely upon advertisements. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Thompson Coburn LLP's Three Lawyers in a Drone podcast coming to you from Washington, D.C. My name is Sean McGowan, and I'm a partner in the firm's Federal Regulatory Practice Group and co-chair of the firm's UAS Practice Group. As always, joining me today are my colleagues, Tyler Black and Mike Deutsch. Today, we're excited to welcome Arthur Frisch and Robert Sweeting, co-founders of FlyDrone, a drone delivery service operating in the Bahamas and the greater Caribbean. Hi, Sean, Tyler, and Mike. It's a pleasure to be here. Thank you. Hey, Arthur. This is Mike. Uh, For those who may not know, Arthur and I are actually longtime friends. We grew up together in sunny South Florida, and now here we are, both involved in the UAS world. Me on the legal side, Arthur in uh, the Bahamas. Really, really exciting. Really excited to have you on. Can you provide us some background on FlyDrone and the type of services that you provide? Sure. So the Bahamas, for though that those that do not know, is actually an island nation made up of over 700 individual islands. And historically, logistics have been an area of difficulty. It's always been an issue moving things around islands and between islands. So FlyDrone is the leading drone delivery service in the Bahamas and the greater Caribbean. We deliver items to businesses, to homes, private islands, and yachts. And we have two primary operations. We have a last mile delivery service in Nassau, which is the capital of the Bahamas, and are also launching an inter-island service throughout the Bahamas and the Caribbean. Interesting. Now, what exactly does FlyDrone deliver? FlyDrone delivers four major categories of goods. The first is medical supplies. That can include temperature-controlled medications. It can include uh, vaccines and uh, medical goods for acute issues. It can also include lab samples. So medicine is a big part of what we do. We also deliver equipment and boat parts. Third, perishables, and fourth, packages. And from the customer's perspective, how exactly does it all work? Sure. So we have two different models. First, largely for enterprises, we offer a subscription service. So this is a business that is regularly delivering um, on island or between islands. We set them up so that they have uh, you know, essentially an unlimited number of flights on a monthly basis so that they can reach their customers uh, where they are and when they're, they need goods. And then we also have an on-demand service. And this on-demand service is really for your emergency and critical last-minute needs. It can also be for individuals spread throughout the islands. And does the customer place the order with directly with the retailer or with, with you with FlyDrone? And if it's just FlyDrone, does the customer pay FlyDrone for the item itself or just for the cost of delivering? How does that all work? Sure. So we actually offer both methods. So our primary focus is on extending businesses' delivery methods so that their existing customers can receive goods where and whenever they need them. However, 
if you are not located on the same island, we can provide fulfillment services in addition to the delivery service. So we can actually send runners around a certain island to get that boat part or to get that uh, grocery order that you need then shipped to a different island. And in terms of the deliveries themselves, how practically speaking, how does that work? Are the drones, are they dropped in a designated landing area? Are they equipped with cameras? Just can you walk us through the practical aspects of that? Absolutely. And this is really an area where the benefits of UAS shine. So unlike other methods of air cargo, we are not restricted by infrastructure. So we don't need runways. Uh, we utilize uh, UAS technology known as VTOL or vertical takeoff and landing, meaning that we can operate from any location and deliver to any location. In our case, we can actually operate directly from our uh, enterprise customers' locations. So if it's a part distributor, we can actually have a drone that departs from their facility and takes uh, goods directly to the GPS waypoint of their end customer. And again, unlike traditional air cargo that would require a, a runway on the departure end, it would also require a runway on the arrival end. We can go directly to any GPS waypoint, whether that's a construction job site whether that's someone's backyard or whether that is a boat. That's incredible. That, that's really exciting to hear. Now, going back to retailers, does, does FlyDrone have partnership agreements with certain retailers or are the services available to any retailer in a certain geographic area or any retailer on the island itself? How does, how does that work? Sure. So we are open to work with virtually all retailers. The model that we have established with a few and we continue to grow is that we do have annual recurring uh, relationships with these companies. That way, we can better understand uh, the demand in terms of how many aircraft a certain operation would require, and the retailer could then count on um, our ability to scale with their business. Because in the Caribbean, specifically with the Bahamas, you have a lot of business that is located in Nassau, the capital, but there are many customers spread throughout the uh, remote islands, which are formerly known as the family islands. So we are actually helping Nassau-based businesses expand their reach to those family islands, similarly to how we are helping businesses throughout the Caribbean expand uh, their footprint and their reach to other islands. So we have strategic partnerships with uh, different groups in those sectors. So for medicine, we are working with the private hospital network in the Bahamas. Um, for equipment distributors and others, we are building strategic relationships where we can help augment their existing distribution methods with a new uh, method, which is UAS. Hi, Robert. This is Tyler. Thanks again for coming on. I'm wondering if we can take a step back for a second. Um, how did you guys come up with this idea? What's your background? Hey, Tyler. So I'm a native Bahamian. You know, I've had the pleasure of working on various family islands around the country and experienced firsthand, you know, how hard it is to get goods to and from these islands. Um, my work background is in construction and real estate development, so a large part of my job is establishing supply chains to and from these islands. In your business, does FlyDrone have special arrangements for corporate clients and local businesses? Yes. So when we work with our 
uh, corporate clients and local businesses, we uh, offer a subscription-based service that's tailored to each individual business's needs, you know, depending on how many flights per day, payload, and range. And I'm thinking now kind of I always have my U.S. hat on. I'm wondering, do your drone deliveries have any weight restrictions in the Bahamas? So we don't have a weight restriction as far as size of the aircraft, but as far as like payload capacity, so people can understand, our last mile operation drone has an 80-pound payload with a 30-mile range, and our inter-island operation, which we are launching soon, has a 300-pound payload with a 300-mile range. Do you manufacture your own drones, or are you using someone else's? No, in fact, drones. We consider ourselves a logistics company. This way, we can um, always stay up up to date with the latest and greatest in uh, UAS technology. Right, that makes sense. Can you walk us through the startup process and your work with the Bahamian regulators? Yeah, so uh, many years of education and collaboration uh, with uh, the Civil Aviation Authority, Air Traffic Control, and Air Transport Board, uh, basically building agreed-upon procedures following global best practices in terms of training and certification. And what kind of comparison would you make, if any, to the FAA and, and how the FAA guidance um, may serve as a model for the Caribbean regulators? Sure. So this, this is Arthur. I'll answer that question. So the FAA is the gold standard throughout the world when it comes to safe aerospace operation. With that said, though, the Bahamas is a very different geographical area, and air traffic is also nowhere near the scale of the U.S. So Caribbean nations like the Bahamas can diverge from the FAA and, and move a bit faster in certain areas. And the Bahamas has been a very progressive country when it comes to this technology. So uh, certainly looking at the FAA as a model, also understanding that certain geographical advantages allow us to move a, a bit faster. Okay. So I'm thinking of some of the biggest restrictions in the U.S. Can't fly at night, can't fly over people, can't fly beyond visual line of sight without waivers. How does this compare in the Bahamas? Sure. So it's a bit different, and I'll tell you why. So most of our operations are flying non-people over non-people, meaning that we're flying cargo for the most part over water. So inherently, we are de-risking our operation because of that. That speaks to the geographical advantage that we have of operating in the Bahamas. Now, we are approved to fly beyond visual line of sight. That is one of the, the major benefits that UAS as a technology provides. Um, when you're talking about unmanned traffic management, that in the near future, uh, we will have drones traversing really the, the earth, uh, performing a myriad of different delivery services. So it, it just depends on your uh, geography and certain restrictions. In our case, uh, as I mentioned, since we're flying non-people over non-people, we have been less restricted. Hey, Arthur, this is Sean again. Um, while we're on the subject of FAA Part 107, are all the fly drone pilots licensed under Part 107? Yes, that's a great question, and it goes back to my prior comments around the FAA as the gold standard. So, yes, 
Uh, it is an internal requirement for fly drone operators to be licensed under 107. Uh, both Robert and I are licensed under Part 107. Okay, great. And I um, was wondering, can you tell us a little bit about, because the operation is a little different than flying in a you know very populated area, can you tell us about what your safety procedures are, what you go through, you know, before, during, and after each flight, and what your documentation looks like? Sure. So, uh, we follow the safety procedures that have been prescribed by our UAV manufacturers specific to certain types of aircraft. And then, of course, our standard operating procedures that we have agreed upon with local regulators. So it's a mixture of uh, flight planning, risk management, sharing our flight routes with air traffic before, uh, over communicating before, during, and after operations. And my overall statement on, on the subject here is that we take safety very seriously. Um, we are looking to prove UAS as a next generation technology and that the Bahamas is one of the global hubs for UAS. So we understand that, uh, you know, we have to take safety first. We are very committed to doing the right amounts of uh, risk management and mission planning to try to uh, nullify any potential issues during flight. About insurance, I, I know there are a lot of entities getting into the drone insurance area. I, I assume your drones and you know your, the services you're providing are insured, but um, exactly does that work? Or are you doing that on a like an umbrella cover of, of your each particular drone, or is it on a per flight basis? Do you pass that cost along to the uh, customer? Um, can you talk a little bit about that? Sure, great question. So our operations are insured. Uh, we've worked with local brokers to reach out to uh, the global leading insurers that are handling aviation and UAS. Unlike photography drone services that have a very usage-based risk, uh, paying per flight doesn't really allow for the true 24-7 coverage that we need as a business. So we have commercial insurance that covers all aspects of our operation, not just the drones, but including the drones, just like any other logistics company would have insurance that covers their uh, delivery drivers and their trucks. Okay, that makes sense. And I understand through Mike that you're a fairly new company. Have there been any unexpected hiccups along the way? And if so, how have you guys dealt with that particular incident or incidents? So this is Robert again, and uh, unfortunately, yeah, we've had some major hiccups. As you guys know, Hurricane Dorian devastated the Bahamas uh, in September of last year, um, the northern Bahamas and the Abaco Keys and Grand Bahama, and our operation was literally based in Marsh Harbor. We had a hangar at the airport. Our whole operation was there, and we lost everything in the hurricane. We probably lost, I don't know how many months, but we had to relocate our entire operation to Nassau and probably just now getting started in Nassau, you know, getting ahead of our setbacks from the hurricane. Right. And I'm wondering, you know, post-Hurricane Dorian, did did you guys see just this incredible increased need for your services as opposed to, you know, traditional, which I'm expecting, or, you know, bike, car, messengers, boat messaging, you know, deliveries? Were, were you tapped significantly after that event? 
Yeah, there was a surge in demand for our services, but unfortunately, we were located too close to the disaster itself that, you know, we were uh, rendered ineffective. So in the future, we're going to have a hub and spoke model of different operations on different islands. If something happens somewhere else, we'll still able to respond. Okay. Um, and I know you mentioned earlier that you were launching inter-island operation. Can you talk more about that? Uh, you know, how close are you guys to doing that? And you mentioned a range of 300 miles for one of your drones. You know, are you expecting like shore to ship operations and search and rescue operations in the future? Can you talk about that? Sure. So we actually started with an inter-island operation in Abaco. It was a long-range delivery of temperature-controlled medicine between the Abaco Keys. And what's unique about Abaco is that the islands are a lot closer together than the other areas of the Bahamas. So when we had to move to Nassau, the distance between islands became greater, so we needed larger aircraft to complete these inter-island missions. That's when we switched our focus to last mile. And then so we're going to focus on last mile now, and now we have to wait for larger aircrafts to complete these inter-island operations. So as far as launching the inter-island, it's just aircraft availability. And then we do anticipate being able to do shore to ship as well as search and rescue with these new aircrafts. Okay, great. And having the Part 107, does that mean you're anticipating expanding operations into the U.S., or right now are you primarily just focusing on the Bahamas? So we are a proud Bahamian company, and we are focused on the Bahamas. But with that said, we see tremendous opportunity to bring our services to the U.S. and focus on some of the heavier lift market that you don't see the Amazons um, and the uh, wings focusing on. Um, we also see a great opportunity to act as the unmanned bridge between Florida and the Caribbean. So we are very interested to interface with the FAA, whether that's between the Caribbean and the U.S. or whether that's us operating in the U.S. Okay. Well, actually, I was going to ask you, where do you see, you know, the future of the industry, not only your particular business, but the drone industry? And that's that's an interesting topic between the bridge from Florida and you. Um what like concerns do you see about that or, or, you know, that being a possibility, if any, going forward? Sure. So from a technical side, I don't necessarily have um, any concerns. I think that when you're talking about moving a new technology or an emerging technology like UAS from kind of the testing grounds experimental stage into production use. Our airspaces are busy and congested. Our metropolitan areas do have dense populations. So it really just puts the emphasis again on safety and creating standard operating procedures and risk management protocols that keep people safe. But I ultimately think that UAS represents one of the most seismic changes to how businesses will deliver goods in the future. And it really is a paradigm shift in logistics, especially for critical goods like medications and equipment parts that can now be delivered in an on-demand, direct-to-any-GPS waypoint manner. Absolutely. Um, thanks for that. Uh, Tyler, Mike, do you have any additional questions for Arthur or Robert? No, thank you for coming on. 
Arthur, Robert, let me uh, thank you one more time for being guests on today's podcast. Lots of great information and insight, and we're definitely going to want to follow you guys as you continue to grow down there. Uh, We appreciate your time very much. Um, If anybody listening would like to find out more about FlyDrone, please visit FlyDrone.com. That's F-L-I-Drone.com. And as always, if you have any questions, feel free to contact us through our Thompson Coburn LLP website or by direct messaging the TC Drone Twitter page, which is at TC Drone Law. Thanks again, everybody, and have a great day.